Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Hi, it's Sam Edmund, and welcome to a very special edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. As we celebrate the magnificent careers of four AFL legends who have retired from the game. Over the next hour, we'll hear from Eddie Betts, Sean Burgoyne, Jared Harbrow and David Asprey in the chats they've had on SEN this week reflecting on their magnificent careers. First up, the legend himself, Eddie Betts, who spoke with Bob and Andy earlier this week. Unfortunately, the bloke in the number 19 jumper and the large shorts won't be part of it. Um, all good things come to an end, but I'm not ready to deal with this. Uh, Eddie Betts won't <laughs> be there next year. And I've only got one thing to say to you, Eddie Betts. You're not allowed to go. Uh, You've you got to keep going, mate. So it's not too late to change your mind. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind just having a bit of a think about it before you reconfirm for everybody that this will be it for you, I'd really appreciate it, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I think it's done. You're done? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm done. I honestly thought I could go for another year, to be honest. Um, I honestly thought... Uh, but, you know, we had that conversation with the club three weeks ago and, um, yeah, uh, they said they weren't going to offer me another contract, which I was pretty happy to accept. And I'm pretty excited for what the, the next chapter looks like and, um, you know, spending time with Anna and, and my five kids and um, putting stuff in place now, which I'm really excited for. How are you holding up, Eddie? It's been an emotional roller coaster. I mean, footy is a roller coaster, but your last few weeks... There's been some highs and some dreadful lows and then this outpouring of public love for you today. Your head must be spinning. How are you holding up, though? Yeah, I'm holding up good. It was just, uh, you know, with everything that happened with Taylor Saga, that probably cut deep and, and hurt. And uh, there was it was pretty tough to deal with, knowing that we've got to deal with the, the racism saga again. And... Um, you know, I felt like there was a lot of weight on my shoulders. and uh, mm. it, it was draining because to deal with it over and over again, it was draining. And I had to, you know, front up on Fox footy and, and talk about it. And I try to get everyone to understand is that this is not my fight. This is your fight as well. And um, hope, and I got a lot of good responses and a lot of people are starting to start and have that conversation, to start to, you know, talk about it, to call it out. Because it takes courage to call it out. You think about the... That what happened at Adelaide, that was courage by them to call that out of mm. uh, Taylor Walker. So we we continue pe- to ask people to, to call it out. And, and it honestly does take courage. To, and that's the only way we're going to move forward together as one. Um, but at the moment, you know, I'm soaking it all in, guys. I'm, uh, <laughs> I've got two hours left of me this weekend. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'll soak up the week. You know, all the text messages coming through, it, it's been really... Emotional. I'm, I haven't got back to at least a hundred people yet. I'm still, honestly, I've been on my phone the whole day just trying to catch up to the, the people and text people. I'll probably do that tonight as well. Um, just sitting on my phone. Once I put the kids to sleep, I'll get on my phone and 
start replying to most of the people to, to thank them. Eddie, you have made a smile, mate. This is the thing. I mean, mm. there's such a simple... What you said, you know, to in the wake of your announcement that this was going to be, it was such a simple thing, but it's the absolute truth, mate. Not 90, no, no, 100% of football supporters, 100% of football, true lovers of the game have smiled watching you play your footy. And hopefully you know that, mate. And hopefully that means, hopefully that means something to you. Hopefully it means something pretty profound to you because it's true. Uh, well, for me, all I want to do is put smiles on people's faces. And, um, you know, the way that I've been brought up with my family, um, they just told me to treat everyone equally, be kind and make someone else happy. And and that's what I try to do playing footy is make other people happy, um, go out and just try to kick some goals and, and make people smile. And uh, and if I've done that, like I said on my post, that I'm happy. You know, obviously, I haven't got a premiership is the ultimate goal. But if I made um, people smile, my job here is done. Can you go back to before Carlton picked you up, mate? In that, um, in that, you know, the 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 draft of two thousand and four, was there somebody who was particularly influential in your football journey before you got to Carlton? Yeah, it was a lot of my lot of my older brothers. Um, I grew up idolising my my older brothers, and, and I wanted to be like them. I wanted to play like them, mm. uh, and I did everything they did. Uh, and then when I got the TAC Cup, uh, I played for Calder Cannons, and you know I was the only Aboriginal player on the side, and that was kind of hard for me because it was the first time really that I played on the side, being the only Aboriginal player coming from you know the communities, playing at Mallee Park Football Club, which is full of Aboriginal players. Um, I've always had at least three or four other brothers play with me, so it was really really tough, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I really connected with a lot of my teammates and became close friends and still are close friends with them. Uh, and then I, I guess a lot of, like my coach there was Robert Hyde at the TAC yep. Cup Court of Cannons, yep. and he was really good for me. Um, even uh, Dicko um, at the, the Vic Metro, he was a, he was the coach. And, uh, and I don't know if you know Keith Burns. Yeah, of course. Keith yep. Burns, Keith Burns was, was, was a key part in that <laughs> under 18 who I was pretty close with there. Um, you know, Keithy, I uh, still have, still chat to Keith every now and then when I see him. Um, but, you know, it was, uh, once I got drafted, um, you know, Corey McGraw was one of those guys that took me under his wing. Um, before games, he would take me around to his house to to um, have dinner, pasta um, every night. And so, yeah, there was a few, but I would say, you know, more so, I idolised my, my older brother's uh, growing up, and I wanted to be like them. Eddie, how have your kids handled the news? I mean, you've mm. played with this childlike <laughs> joy for your your whole life. I'm guessing, certainly your AFL career, and you know, we've watched in wonder at the childlike, you know, the pure joy. How difficult was it to to tell the kids because essentially you're sort of you know giving away that part of your life. Yeah, Bob, it was hard. Um, Louis, Louis, probably is the one who you know he's the oldest. He's nine and. He grew up, obviously, in this environment and, you know, he, and I told him, you know, your life is different to other kids because he got the walk in the chambers with me at Adelaide. He would come on the ground. All the other kids are not allowed to come on the ground. He would be kicking the ball with me on the ground. So he's had a different life compared to other young kids. And and now that's changing for him. I said, still, we can still go to games. We can still go to the chambers and say hello to the players. And, And that once, you know, obviously COVID, once that's finished, but... 
it's still not going to be the same. And he broke down and cried, you know, and it just broke my heart. And um, <laughs> he, he, he cried more than me. Like, <laughs> and yeah. and um, last week, you know, I played at Adelaide Oval and I got really emotional because I knew it was going to be my last game at Adelaide Oval. And I really enjoyed playing on that game, on that ground, sorry. And uh, he, he, after the game, you know, Anna sent me a text message of him just breaking down, crying, saying, Dad, it was your last game on Adelaide Oval. And you got beaten by 95 points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're rubbing it in more than that. But yeah, no, nah, he's, he's good. I think he's understanding now. Um, but I said, mate, the next chapter is you. If you want to play footy, it's all there for you. And if you want to, you know, you can take that with the scruff of your hand, but it's up to you if you want to play. Hey, the girls can do it now too. And the girls as well. Yeah. The girls can play for both. They can both play for both if they, if they want. I beg your pardon? Sorry, what? What was that? I'm not going to... Eddie, 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 uh, well, if, when you look at it, like, I, I kind of was thinking about it now and I've, and I've thought about it, you know, when my time's up, looking at the next batch of young Aboriginal talent coming up, and, yeah, we've got to look at Cozzy. Yeah. That, that's some talent, you know. That's, that's the next Cyril right there. Cozzy can do what Cyril did, and um, it's crazy to see because he's it's only his second year and he's going to be an unbelievable player in the future. What Charlie Cameron's doing now at Brisbane mm. is, is crazy, you know. So and, and these young kids, they, they put smiles on my faces and uh, it, it's good to watch. And, you know, now that I'm done, obviously Cyril was done, you know, uh, a few years back, that we can sit back and watch these young kids turn it on to bring fans to the to the ground, to watch them kick goals, to watch them do what they do best. And, um, and that's play footy. And that's to enjoy it. And, and I guess the other aspect of the other side is that, you know, we want to make that a safe spot for them to play footy as well and yeah. not be racially abused and not, not get online abuse. And, um, and I'm going to continue once I've gone, once I'm not playing the AFL system anymore, I'm going to continue to, to support these young boys, to call it out, to try and make change within the AFL industry and within Australia in general. I don't know how you got the appetite for it, mate, to be honest with you. I mean, that's beautiful to hear, and I'm sure that they will take you up on it, hopefully not that often because it hopefully doesn't happen to them anymore. But the fact that you've still got, um, you know, energy in the tank to, to want to keep fighting that fight is a credit to you. It's a, it's a great thing to – I think footy needs to hear that people like you are prepared to keep going. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, one other little story, Annie, though, is that I've got to tell you about Bob. Bob didn't like me on the field. <laughs> Bob did not like me on the field. Go I lined on. up on Bob. We were sitting in the square, right? Yeah. And I was talking to Bob, and I was like, ah, oh, the ball's going to come here. Bob, I'm going to get the ball here. And how you going, Bob? He looked at me, like, seriously looked at me, and I goes, Ed, I'm not your mate. And didn't speak to me for the rest of the game. And I was like, oh, crap, okay, Bob. You thought he was, you thought he was, you thought he was a bit different than that, didn't you? Didn't you feel right to say Yeah, it. I thought he was a bit different. You know, like, you hear about Bob, you know, he's nice and this, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a nice dude, Bob. How you going? 
Yeah. Frank batted me, let me for six. Oh, <laughs> what about? Well, it was worse when our wives found out on an international oh, yeah. rules trip. I got I got hauled <laughs> over the coals <laughs> by Anna and Justine. Mate, you get it. I'm sure you've been asked this a billion times. But of all the great goals that you've kicked, is there one that is your favourite for a particular reason? Yeah, I, and I and I've. It would be the GWS one um, in third eye Nichols round, Adelaide Oval. Mm. I kept it in and, and snapped around and won gold of the year. And that year, my, my dad's um, sister, Annie Susie Betts, designed a jersey. And, and the designs on it is from our land our, back in Paul Lincoln, um, back in the far west coast. And it was very special to run out there in the jersey that my auntie designed. And the club flew her over, my father over, and my grandmother and put them up in the president's lunch. And... They got to come over and, and see us play in, in her jersey. We won that night, and I ended up kicking gold of the year in the jersey that she designed. So that was, that was a really special moment for myself and our family, and, and that's why I reckon that's the best goal. That's beautiful. Five foot nine, Eddie Betts. You're a giant of the game, mate. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us, and um, good luck with whatever comes next. There'll be, there'll be millions of people lining up behind you, mate, no matter what it is. No, nah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And Ed, and Ed. <laughs> Will you be my mate? Yeah. <laughs> Can we be mates? I'll be your mate, Bob. I'll yeah. be your mate. Yeah. 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 Circle is complete. Oh, thank uh, God thanks for, for coming on, mate. All the best. Thanks, <laughs> guys. Good on you. Eddie Vets. Footy, life, the world is just better. Didn't we need a dose of that today? Welcome back to a special edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals. You can find them online at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And as we celebrate the careers of some of the players who have this week announced their retirements from the game. Up next, Port Adelaide and Hawthorne great Sean Burgoyne. He spoke with Gary and Tim during the week. This man, Wisp, in fact, did you play against Sean Burgoyne? (laughs) He's just uh, been he's around only, for a long time. He's only 38, Gary. He, he's 38. He's going to play. He's 407. You can't even believe you're reading that out. He's 407th and final match tomorrow against the Tigers at the MCG. And he's been good enough to join us in what's been a pretty busy and emotional week, I reckon. Shawnee, uh, welcome and congratulations on an outstanding career. Thanks, Tim and Gary, for having me. Yeah, it's uh it's been a good week week so far. Um, and, yeah, in your first question now, I only missed playing against Tim by a couple of years, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm going to check the record book. I think you two might have run up against would each have, other. Would have been some clash, that one, Shawnee, had we gone head-to-head. <laughs> he liked it. would have been a good one. No yeah. cheapies for you out the back that day. <laughs> hey, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, what are the things, the kind of things that you've been – yeah, when, it's your, when you know it's your last week and you've been doing this for so long, your whole life's so regimented and, and you, you've got to be here at this time and you know exactly where. What do, what do you think is going to be the biggest change when you run when you walk off that ground for the very last time? You probably you probably just nailed it right there, mate, with the, uh, the, just the schedule and your life's already mapped out for you. Yeah. Um, that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, you, you know, you're, the day of an AFL footy player is, you, you know, you've got a meeting at 9 o'clock, you've got physio starting at 9.30, team meeting at, at 10, training, you know, 10.30, lunch, like, and then waves. So the whole day is mapped out for you. So um, that's going to be a, a big change for me, obviously, being in the system for 21 years. I've become very, very used to that. Um, so entering the real, real world, getting a job and changing from 9 to 5 and working a job, which is unknown to me. Have you enjoyed this year, Sean? Yeah, I have. I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, the on-field, on-field's been obviously the first half of the year was very tough. 
second half of the year we had a lot more enjoyment and you know we're getting a lot more wins and a lot better performances on the field but you know that's just one part of the one part of the the, the you know the piece of what we do um yeah. you play for two hours two hours on the weekend but you know the, the rest of the week you you're in the gym you're training team meetings um you're hanging out with each other at the club rooms you're forming you know you're forming those bonds and friendships that will stay forever so I've really enjoyed still being a part of the footy club and, and going through that process, um, which has been really enjoyable. And then the last half of the year has been um, a lot better on the field. Have you enjoyed experiencing young players come through as well? Because you know, if I cast my mind back, I know Gary's spoken about this too, we enjoyed that part because sometimes you can think, okay, well, this is a bit tedious. I've been doing this for a while. And then you see somebody come in through the doors wide-eyed and excited by all the things that they see associated with football. Has, has that been part of what's kept you young and motivated too? Yeah, it has. Um, you know, all the young kids coming in these days are all different. They come from different parts of Australia. They're had different upbringings, um, and they all bring something different to the table. So when, when an older player like myself, you, you need that excitement to to live off, to feed off, you know, to help drive you, um, and you, you do enjoy help developing those guys and chasing their dreams, and you know they they want to be an AFL footy player for a long time as well. So I actively take an interest in in all my young teammates and whenever they ask to watch their tape or to ask for a bit of advice, you you really try to help them because you, you do remember what it was like to feel young as well and, and lean on the older players. But, you know, I get a big kick out of hanging around the young kids and listening to the other things as well, you know, the different tastes of music, their, their <laughs> shocking haircuts they roll in, <laughs> you, know, what the, you know, how they dress, all that stuff. So that that's a part of the, the young kids' package these days. And, it just creates that you know change room banter as well. Shawnee, you, you're uniquely placed because you've been in the game for so long. Um, would you prefer the way it was when you first came in, where it was sort of transitioning from semi-professional to professional to the or to the way you leave it now as full-time professionals? Is is do you think we've got it right? Do you think the game warrants the full-time professionalism where the players have got no you know? Yeah, dedicate their ten years or however long they're in the game for just a footy. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, well, I think the more professional it comes, the, the better standard of of footy we're able to produce because you're able to put more time and effort into your craft um, at the footy club um, compared to yeah when I first started it was it wasn't really as professional and the time it was still um, full on but um, now you've got more people at your disposal at a footy club. Um, who can help you improve every day, but there's a fine line bit as well because you constantly have to balance football and, and life um, and, and family and, and, and education as well. So, you know, still the average career I think is three to four years and you, you've got to be developing yourself for life after footy and preparing yourself because, um, you know, it goes really quickly. Um, I, I probably prefer the way it is now just because you've got so many more um, people in, in different avenues to, to try to get yourself body ready um, and yeah. there's so many people there willing to help you play the game at the highest level for as long as you can. Clarko's influence, what, what has it been on you? Obviously, there's one side of it, which is a football side of it, but then there's the life side of it as well. Um, what, what has he meant to you as the coach? He obviously... Um, he means a fair bit to me, to be honest. I first met him in, I think, 2002 when he came to Port. 
And one of the first things he did to me as a young kid at Port Adelaide with his assistant coach is he, on my day off, started taking me to the women's and children's hospital to to visit sick kids, um, just to give and give back give back to those kids and make them feel a lot better than what they were feeling at that time, just to give me an appreciation for um, how lucky I was to play AFL footy and be healthy. Um, so those were some of the things he did for me when I first started. And then fast forward all these years later, it's similar, you know, helping. He wants, you know, to help in the community. Um, you know, he's a very family first person and those are the same type of values that I have and we've been able to click over the years and our families have become friends and I've seen his kids grow up. He's seen my kids grow up and he's been able to mentor me, um, you know, off the field into the the person I've become. He's had a very big impact on me. Um, you know, then, then it becomes game day. It does then become a little bit weird when he starts yelling at me for, for weird things. <laughs> um, last week he last week he grabbed the phone and he was yelling at it and he thought he was yelling at um, Damien Monkhurst on the bench and I, I had the phone. <laughs> and he was, he was like, who's this? He's like, it's Sean. <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> he's like, good. <laughs> but so it's a bit weird when you see him like yelling and stuff. But yeah, I think that's all part and parcel of Clarko. But yeah, I've appreciated it. I've appreciated him the whole way of my the whole way through my career. He, he's had a lot of different themes that he's implemented as part of his coaching over the years. Which one of those stands out most to you? Oh, oh there's been a lot. There's been a lot. There's a lot of stories about his motivational theories. Um, I don't know. It's hard to it, it's hard to um, rank them in order. We need to get someone to sit down and write a book on them. To be honest. <laughs> Some of the fun, the funny theories, you know, when he's been throwing oranges in the room, or um, punched himself in the head one day, and I think he gave himself a concussion <laughs> in a team meeting. Um, but yeah, they're all they're all very funny, but they all have a um, a way of coming back and, and tying it in with the with the game we want to play that week. And he's a master at yeah at, at doing that. And then the, some of the other ones you've seen where he's written songs to players and played the game. Guitar. <laughs> Hopefully, it's guitar lessons pick up um, in the off season when he has a bit more time on his sleeve. We know that the situation is for the weekend that you can't have crowds and all those sorts of things. Are you, are you able to have any family members there at all? Oh, at this stage, no, not allowed to have anyone there. I think um, just the the we've taken a um, very small um, coaching group and support staff, and that's about it. Um, so at the moment, no families aren't allowed, which is. Yeah, a little bit disappointing. We can't play our last game in front of our in front of our families, but you know, my fa- we've also been very blessed to, to get to four hundred and six games <laughs> so, yeah. over my career. So, absolutely, we've been very lucky. Hey, Sean, are you prepared to move on to the next stage of your life? Hopefully. Um, what do you got planned? I think got- the last, uh, but, well, the last five or six years of the career, my career, I've only been on one year deals, so I've been putting things in in place to. Um, to 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 go into yep. work to go into if if something happened in that, in one of those years. So I've been cleaning. Um, I started my own cleaning business uh, this year. So um, I've got that ready to go, and I've also just put the feelers out in different places to see if there's any other opportunities as well. So there's a few different few different things that I can go into at the moment, um, which which I've been able to to plan for this entire year, which has been good. So yes, I consider myself a bit lucky that I've been able to get things ready and just to hopefully make the transition as smooth as possible. That's great. What's the name of the cleaning business? Silks. Sorry? What's your <laughs> name? <laughs> That's called ACS Indigenous. Um, 
So like their cleaning business and obviously based here in Melbourne, but um, yeah, we'll uh, see how we go in the next couple of years with it. Have you spoken to the AFL about a continued role in the game? Yeah, I've, I've spoken to the AFL. I've spoken to, you know, there's obviously a few clubs I've spoken to as well. So um, I'm just, uh, you yeah, just weighing those things up right now. So we'll wait and see which way, which way I go because we're not even sure if we're actually not going to stay in Melbourne yet or we're, we're going to move back to uh, SA. So they're the discussions I have to have with my wife and my two, well, my four four children, but, my, but mainly my two oldest ones who, yeah. um, you know, basically teenagers now who have a fair input in our family. Yep. Well, we see. We're not going to see a play again, are we, at AFL level? <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay. Um, all of my teammates were asking me yesterday, "Am I going to be playing in the amateurs <laughs> is that, <laughs> somewhere?" Is that coaching or um, as a liaison officer, or what roles are being yep. put to you? No, well, at the moment, probably coaching's not really. Um, my path at the moment, so it'd be more like footy ops area um, in those that type of you know stuff and to do with the footy club or to do with the AFL something in, in, along those lines. Well, whatever it is, you as um, we spoke about this when the line dropped out, but you, you're going to be a, a Hall of Fame member, and there's no one more worthy. We we're appreciative of the fact that we've been able to watch you play. I mean, we've spoken a lot about yeah you know, who you are and and your memories but in terms of your football ability there are a few that have gone before you with such uh, a complete set of skills and we've been very very fortunate to watch it Johnny and the way you handle yourself is a credit to yourself and your family so congratulations mate have a great day tomorrow and uh, whatever comes I'm sure is going to be you'll be a great success no thanks guys thanks for having me Welcome back to a special edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. As we celebrate the careers of some of the players who have this week announced their retirements from the game. Up next, former Western Bulldog and now Gold Coast son, Jared Harbrow, who spoke with Bob and Andy during the week. You can tell what some players mean to footy clubs and organisations just by listening to those that have shared those organisations with them talk about those individuals listening to you talk about your time with Jared Harbrow uh, is an example of that. Knowing what the Gold Coast Suns have done this week, listen, it's our last game of the year. You haven't played since round five. You're probably underdone, but you've got to come down and play this game. It's the last time you're going to wear the colours. And we know what you've meant to our footy club. Um, it, it's another sign. And it'll be the last time that he plays at this level. And what a distinguished career it's been. Another rookie listed elevation. Unbelievable. Phenomenal career. Jared Harbrow. Cairns boy, who has been such a powerful figure for the Gold Coast Suns and the Western Bulldogs, have been good enough to join us. Jared, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. And I, I, we probably won't get to speak to you after the game. So a, a preemptive congratulations on, on what's been an outstanding career. Hey, boys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for that intro. Um, I hope you're well. I've yeah, I've, I've had a really a really lucky career, I think. So yeah, it's. I'm, I'm leaving the game um, in a really good space. Joe, congratulations, mate, on a on a wonderful career. Um, if you take yourself all the way back to the shy kid that was drafted from Northern Queensland and and then sort of gets plonked in the cold depths of winter at Footscray, <laughs> and you see yourself, and you're, you're going to end up playing 262 league games. If you if you could chat to that 17 year old kid now, how shocked do you reckon he'd be? Yeah, I think he would. He he certainly um, would have thought twice about moving down to the cold. That's for sure. <laughs> but no, nah, my dad, 
my dad's from um, Maroopna in country Victoria, so I reckon I climatised for a couple of years there in the Tac Cup before I moved to Melbourne uh, when, when the Bulldogs did pick me up. So done a bit of fruit picking, um, and I did my time before before I got to the Dogs. But now nah, I'm I've just been yeah I've so, so honoured to to have played at the Dogs and the Suns, and um, I think every every interview that I've done I've I'll will always mention how grateful I am to the Western Bulldogs for picking me up and 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 learning from the coaches, but more so learning from um, players like you, Bob, um, and learning so much about the game of football. Um, and and it's made me a better footballer, uh, but even a better person. So probably haven't uh, spoke to you about that, but you you guys have played so much, um, had a huge role in my career. So I appreciate everything, mate. Well, I can guarantee you, mate, that the, the Bulldogs are, are grateful that we got our hands on you. We wanted to have you for a lot longer. and Four years just wasn't enough. We un- completely understood why you had to leave, but you, you taught us um, a lot about what it was to grow up a young Indigenous man, a proud Indigenous man, uh, and you played some damn good footy for our footy club. So I know there's a lot of Bulldog supporters who are wanting to heap a lot of love and praise on you today and this week, mate. Um, so when you go out to play this weekend, will it be emotional for you, do you think? Yeah, there's. I think hopefully by the time game day comes around, um, I can just focus on the footy. Um, this week, this week's been pretty emotional, um, especially announcing to the group um, and then family um, about their retirement. Um, and I think by the time game day does roll around, I'm, I'm just going to soak it all up, um, to be honest, and just try and um, just get out there, get my hands on the footy, and and soak it all in. And, yeah, it's just going to be so good to, to run out one last time. Uh, I made my debut. I'm at the G, um, yeah, 2007. And um, to finish up at, the, at Marvel um, with no crowds is going to be <laughs> going to be um, a bit different. Uh, but, yeah, just, just so excited and just happy to, to be out there one last time. What's it look like? Uh, we know that you're doing your um, mentoring stuff at the moment. Jared, you've been doing that for quite some time. Uh, what do you, have you got a Have you got a vision for what life after your playing days might look like? Yeah, I think um, in the early stages, just trying to um, spend time with family. Um, I'd love to just get away. My partner and I and, and kids we usually like to get overseas and go mm. on a holiday in off season, but clearly can't do that. Um, but just unwind for a bit. Um, take it all in, relax, and and yeah, I've I've got to, working on a few things at the moment. Uh, no doubt, I'm looking to expand Harbour Mentoring. Um, it's it's going really well up in Finals Queensland, where my brother um, runs the business, um, and I've just been chipping away for the last yeah last few years or, uh, or so down on the Gold Coast um, when I got time um, outside of outside of footy training and stuff. So. Yeah, looking to explore uh, more options and, yeah, like I said, just relax, take it all in, have a bit of time to chill out for a while and and certainly put all my effort and energy um, into, yeah, the next next phase. So, so, so Eddie Betts announced yesterday, I'm sure you're aware of that, and that this is going to be his last week and he's been through a lot, obviously, and he said, Jared, that he, he fears that, you know, he doesn't leave the game um, as a as a safe environment for Indigenous players. He still feels like it's, you know, a, a challenging one for young Indigenous footballers coming into the AFL. Do, do you share that view? Have you, or have you seen enough of a change for 
maybe to have it a slightly different take than that? No, I certainly um, certainly agree with, with Eddie saying that. No doubt, um, no doubt that the, the AFL's gotten um, better um, with you know, in the Indigenous space and education and, and all those things like that. But I think the main thing is, is actually listening to what Eddie's trying to say um, is, is the really important part. He's He's been saying for a long time now that he's he's getting tired and it's starting to wear him down because he's the one that has to front up and, and talk mm. um, on these issues a lot of the time. But really, he, what he wants is he wants his football club, he wants the AFL to let to stand in front of him and say that, nah, we're going to handle this issue. You don't have to talk anymore. It's us non-Indigenous need to educate non-Indigenous, not Indigenous always being the one to educate non-Indigenous. So... That's what he's really saying. So, um, and what are we in 2021? And, yeah. and we're still hearing about these issues regularly. So it's certainly still an issue um, in the AFL and in and in society. So um, everyone's got um, a lot of ideas and stuff like that. But how long? That yeah, I, I think I'm certainly I'm certainly with Eddie on this. And um, a lot a lot of good work has been done. Um, it's just. How how much more work um, does it take until yeah until we get this right because we want we want young men and women indigenous men and women coming into our game feeling feeling safe um, in in their football clubs so yeah we still certainly got a way to go but everyone has to have a, has a role to play in this. Well, mate, there's a lot of us listening, so mm. don't, so don't so don't despair. There's there's hundreds of thousands of Australians listening. Hopefully, we can get a few more on board, um, mate. One forty-five p.m. Saturday afternoon against the Sydney Swans at the Dockland Stadiums in Melbourne. You'll run around for it for the last time. It is a very strange thing to contemplate. It's been a magnificent career. Thanks for coming on the show this afternoon for a quick chat about it. No problems. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Good on you. Proud of you, mate. Welcome back to a special edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. As we celebrate the careers of some of the players who have this week announced their retirements from the game. In our final chat today, we hear from triple premiership tiger David Asprey, who earlier this week joined Gary and Tim to reflect on his memorable career. It's that time of the year where we're farewelling players, they're retiring and uh, for different reasons and... Some of the biggest names in footy are going out the door this weekend. Um, now, this play was a surprise. This one, Asprey would see declare himself as one of the biggest names in footy, but in time, three-time premiership player mm. puts you in that category, whether you're comfortable with the superstardom or not. And it was a bit of a surprise, real surprise. But in his speech, he said he goes out absolutely, completely satisfied, and that's all you could hope for. And he joins us on the line, and we say, Dave, on behalf of Sen, congratulations to you, my friend. It's been a great career. Oh, thanks very much for those kind words. Um, yeah, it doesn't really sit well with me. There's a, a plethora of stars down at the footy club and um, I've really enjoyed my humble role. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate, um, yeah, what everyone's, you know, it's been overwhelming the last few days. When was the moment? Was there one particular time where it, where it just hit you and you said, yep, uh, I've had a great run, but it's time to move on to other things? Um, I, I think... I've always been conscious of uh, not wanting to, to play for too long or, or play for the wrong reason. And um, I've been completely fulfilled with, you know, how my career's played out. And um, I, I think as I embarked on the season, I, I felt like it was going to be my last. Um, 
I've just actually just got off the phone from from a good mate of mine, Truck Rutten, and I, I remember he said to me uh, quite a while ago, when you feel yourself starting to avoid situations in games where you might get exposed or feel vulnerable, I reckon it's a good time, and I've, I've done that a couple of times this year and actually had a laugh to myself. Um, but, yeah, I, I've, I've known for quite a while. Yeah, that's a great that's a great summation because a lot of people would be sitting back going, "Is there a moment where, whether it's injury or mm. whether you just you know can't do certain things?" But the willingness to compete, I suppose, is at the core of it, isn't it? And if you're sort of you know admitting there, which is a fantastic thing to hear, that yeah, maybe I could just get away with not going to that contest, then in your own mind, that was time. Yeah, I think it's probably it wasn't so much the ability. I oh know the the willingness to compete. It's more so. Yeah, your body does age a little bit. You might not be. I've never been gifted athletically. Um, and, yeah, I'd really, I'd like to get off this anti-inflam diet that I've sort of been on <laughs> recently. But, um, yeah, it's, I think you just sort of just start to find that you're not able physically to do exactly what you used to. And, you know, stars or superstars of the game, they've got a, you know, they can slide for, for years and and still get away with it. Um, unfortunately, I'm I'm not like that. And um, yeah, I've I've only got a little a little bit of a slide before I start to become a little bit liable. Um, so, so yeah, I've, I think I've made the right call. Hey David, uh, congratulations on on your career. Um, there's a unique connection that defenders have with each other, and for obvious reasons. Just take us. You know, when you lost Alex Rance and. Many of us thought at that time that he was probably close to the best player in the competition, certainly the best defender in the competition. How was it that you were able to cover for him? And it looks, from the outside, it looked reasonably comfortably and easily. Mm, yeah, it certainly wasn't. Um, the whole the whole defensive mechanism of the football club had to shift to cover, you know, a player like Rancy, um, you know, in, in the defensive facet of the game. He's worth two players or more, um, and as as you said, like I, I feel like he was for for the most part of those uh, five years where he was all Australian. I felt like he was the best player in the game, also. Um, but just just the way that he was so invested in our defensive philosophy and taught them, and um, the ability to win contests, it's it's just worth an enormous amount in football and. Um, it, it was really difficult. I think there was an emotional aspect that really rocked us uh, for for weeks after that after that incident. He'd been so durable for so long. Um, so to play without him, we almost felt naked out there, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think it was going to take our best um, from every other individual, particularly in the in the back half. Um, Twenty nineteen was was my best season of football. It was probably Grimes' best season of football and, and Nick Foston was in extraordinary form and other players as well. Basher Hawley, which is probably his best season of football. It took all that to be able to cover someone, you know, with with that sort of stature and that sort of impact on the game. Um, yeah, I, I think emotionally it took just as much out of us as well. And um, yeah, he, he, was, he was sorely missed. It is an end of an era for Richmond in a lot of ways, like your retirement and Bash's retirement, um, missing the finals. Do you feel on departing Richmond that it is the end of that dynasty of success or do you think it is going to be easy for the club 
or they can not maybe not so much easy, but they can rebound really quickly and strongly again next season. Without doubt, uh, I, I don't. I'm not jumping off the gravy train because I think it's dried up or, or anything along those lines. I feel like with the people that that football club is in the you know the particular places that, that they're in, whether it be club administration, football department, you know other key players along the playing list, but also the development of youth at the rate that they're coming through. I really think that they can, or we can, um, rebound really strongly, really quickly. I actually feel like in in not too distant future that team can be better. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly don't think that you know that Richmond supporters are going to be enduring a, a long stint of of you know sparse joy. I, I feel like it'll continue, and and I think that the way that that group's invested in it will ensure that too. With David Asprey, the retiring uh, three-time premiership uh, star from the Tigers. Dave, I, I spoke about this the other day. I looked at your record, or sorry, when you were drafted, and the sliding doors stuff around the draft fascinates me. So Maxi Gorm was taken the pick before you were taken. And, you know, so you retire now on the, you know, as you say, completely satisfied with three premiership medallions and just on the notion of one pick. Now, I'm not saying for a second that, you know, had things been different, that Dave, that he would have the premierships, Max, and you wouldn't. But here's Max Gorn about to embark on his first real crack at a premiership. It is, it's, I find that whole concept of where you go and who you go to just a, just an amazing twist of fate. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't, I don't really know exactly what clubs would have picked who, um, should they have been available around that, that time of the draft, but um, obviously, we were both drafted to clubs that were, you know, pretty, you know, pretty underwhelming at the time in an on-field sense. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's he's such an icon of the game, Max. And I suppose our careers both started in similar fashion that we both endured a great deal of injury early on, and it's great to see um, such a good character like that play such unbelievable footy. Um, you know, after he gets a good crack at it and he's someone in football who deserves success. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that he's, he's got a lot more footy in the tank as well, Max. And, um, you know, he's he really is a beacon for that football club. And, um, yeah, I certainly wish him the best. David, just, uh, just quickly, um, the best player that you ever played against, the most difficult opponent you've encountered? Um. I might be biased here. Um, there's there's two blokes who I've I've played on, um, who I, I really appreciate and admire, and um, and that's that's Josh Kennedy from the West and and Tommy Hawkins. Um, they both keep you so honest, and um, they're both such good people. They're both so so good for footy, and um, it'd be very difficult to to split them, but. Um, yeah, they're definitely the two guys that I've always had my hands really full with. I know Dylan Grimes talked about this the other day. He said that you're ready to move on. You've got yourself organised post-footy, which is fantastic. You've got a property up the road from him. We know that you were raised on a wheat farm in Tadioon in the Western Districts. Uh, we do want to check your bona fides in terms of a country bloke, though. We've got a couple of tractor noises, and we're just going to play them to you and see whether or not you can identify which tractor oh, is which. Okay, I'm going to play the first Only one. Only a very uh, keen ear can pick these I up. know you are a tractor whisperer, but have a listen, David, to this and tell us what type of tractor it is, please. Yeah. 
easy. What do you think that is, Dave? Yeah, that's a John Deere, no doubt. John Deere? Where's the Co- ding? ding? Correct. Next one. You won't get this. Yeah, that's a new Holland. Oh! <laughs> He's the real deal, Gary. What, he is the real what deal. What are you planning in Tattyoon at the moment there, Dave? Uh, I think you got your seasons mixed up, Gary. No one's planning anything. <laughs> no. What, you, you missed what I said. I said, what have you planted in Tattyoon? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a very um, – very productive wheat belt, um, mm, that district, yeah. but um, yeah. very, as, as Ranty, you know, speaking of Ranty, he would say, nice alluvial soil, which it really isn't, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're having another really great season back there, and, you know, speaking of tractor noises, they're, they're buying new machinery all the time, mm. they'll whinge about the weather, they'll whinge about anything, but, yeah, they're, um, <laughs> their, their, their pockets are full. All right, Dave, I, um, we love it. We, you can ring us at any stage of your retirement and talk tractors or farming, and we'd, we'd love to take your call. We congratulate you again on an outstanding career, and we thank you for joining us this morning. No, thanks very much for having me, gents. It's been a pleasure. Go on you, David, and congratulations on your career once again. Yeah, the tra- you nailed both of those. Mm. It's a very distinctive sound, the New Holland. It's the Pistons. You, couldn't, you wouldn't have picked it up. Thanks for joining us tonight on this special edition of This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Don't forget, you can podcast every episode of the show anytime you like on the SEN app. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.